Hello, once again, we are back here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast after a couple weeks off and some trips around the world, some trips to Comic-Con, some <laughs> summer vacation action, but we are back. Yes, indeed, it's your boy Heel Will Mahoney here with the whole crew. We got we got the four horsemen kind of going on tonight. Of course, we got two chains coming in that I'm kind of standing in for here, making the recording happen on the Skype machine tonight. <laughs> two James. What's up, dude? <laughs> We got Silly Sellers coming in. He was the, he was the last man to tag in tonight to join the crew. Hey, call me the anchor leg too. I, I'll be the fourth leg to try to finish the race off. And of course, it would not be a show without the giant crab. Jamal is in the house tonight as the fourth man. Well, I thought Silly Sellers was the fourth man. He's the anchor. Oh, see, I'm already messing up trying to. Bring I mean, it. I mean is, is, are you are you giving me like the, the championship uh, entrance where you know the champ goes last? I mean, <laughs> there, you, there, you there you go, there you go. That's the spin we need. <laughs> <laughs> I was say you that or you got you got to be at least in the because heck, you you be before me. So I mean, you got to be up there at your <laughs> top, <laughs> one way or another. We will figure it out. We're a bit out of practice this week, but we are back, and we are back just in time because this has been. A very busy last few days as we are coming out of SummerSlam, NXT, Toronto Adventures with Raw and SmackDown, uh, a mega WWE weekend, the G1 ending in New Japan, people getting signed, people returning. There is just like a mountain of stuff that has happened in it, and not even the whole last week. I would say like the last five days. <laughs> and there is no way I think we can cover it all, but we can at least cherry pick the good stuff and what got our attention and what we really enjoyed. And I think we got to start at the beginning. We got to start with Toronto. We got to start with, I figure NXT and SummerSlam and, and talk about what WWE has been up to because they have had a heck of a week. It all started with takeover on Saturday with Gargano and Cole part three and a few other matches. Of course, they always defend all the titles at the NXT takeover and I'll just start right here with two chains and we'll go down the line Two chains. What got your attention? What, what, what were you all about at NXT takeover? We're keeping it positive here on the big gold belt podcast That's as right. we like to do. That's right. First off, I got to say, while I'm wearing my primetime pro wrestling shirt right now, uh, it is damn good feeling to ha- uh, of all the wrestling that's happening in our area. Man, have we been busy with so many shows left and right in this area. I, I, if, although there was no shows last week during this big week of stuff, I'm just really legit thinking about it. Like, there's so much wrestling here in this Washington, D.C. area. It, it literally starts to feel like uh, its own little uh, celebration in its own at times. So that's pretty cool. Did I lose you guys or can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, okay. Marcel's look like he's zoned out right there. Doesn't he look like he's like? No, I'm, 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 I'm oh, researching. I was like, oh, okay. I was, I was like, what's happening? But no, I'm seriously. Um, I think that, and I think Doctor M could come full circle with me if he was here tonight. Um, 
from going to the May Young Classic about a week, a year ago, um, a week, a year ago, a week of a year ago, um, a week, a year ago. Am I saying it right? Whatever. Yeah. From, from going from the May Young Classic last year to uh, take over this year, seeing not not even just that, but seeing Miriam's story from her injury in this area up at Nova Pro to her return at Beyond at um, Mania Weekend, uh, which was, what's this, 2000, was that 2000, oh, 2018, to her being in the Mayan Classic later on in the year, to her um, going against Shanna Baszler at TakeOver and that really uh, dope interest that she had. Seeing that whole story come full circle and to hear her, her stories and the vignette about it and know how genuine and how passionate, how authentic it is, that was legit the biggest moment for me easily because like I, I seeing how hard she worked to get back and to still be really that humble and to literally have doubted herself is like an amazing story of itself just for the match to just be that damn good as well too. So like that was legit the biggest thing for me in it and take over. The women's title bringing it in Toronto. Last Saturday night. Yeah. Let's go silly sellers because there was a lot of stuff on this card. NXT TakeOver. It, what what caught your eye? It was. And actually, it was tag team wrestling um, with the Street Profits. I'm getting more impressed by them. Because at first, I was like, mm. when they first came out, is it going to be something like Crime Time? Is it going to be something that's like a spinoff where you're using a gimmick more than wrestling? But now I'm seeing them as a wrestling more than a gimmick. Even when they was on Raw for the past couple of weeks, doing their little spinoffs, their vignettes, their little backstage commercials, I was wondering where it was going to go from this. But seeing them more and more in the ring, it, it makes me uh, excited to see them because now I'm seeing the storytelling they're doing in the ring. And now I see why they're holding a tag team championship. But my biggest thing, and I'm going to stay positive with this, what potential can they do when they get to the main roster? Because I really want this tag team division to be where it should be with the amount of talent that WWE has from NXT to Raw to SmackDown or what they can really do with this, with this, uh, with this section of the, of the brand. So I really want tag team wrestling to continue to build up and go where it needs to be. I'm, I'm glad to hear you mention the Street Profits because they definitely, the last two takeovers, they've raised yep. their stock. They haven't got Absolutely. to wrestle on the main shows yet, but we're nope. seeing them every week on Raw. So they're being featured as characters, which isn't a bad thing. It's definitely mm -hmm. raising their profile. And if this deal ends up happening where NXT ends up on FS1, which seems to right. be getting more and more of a done deal as the days go by, then they're going to be in a prime position to be a featured act on there by the time October or whenever this fall rolls yeah. around, if that becomes a thing. So th they're in a really good position right now. And obviously an act that WWE is looking at for the future, whether it's on the main brands or on NXT or Wherever they're mm -hmm. going to put them. There, there's a lot of things they can do with them. They're a young team with a lot of miles left on them. And they've definitely, Absolutely. in the last six months, lots of improvement there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, the giant crab. Ah. <laughs> so, the long and short of it is, I watched absolutely zero seconds of NXT TakeOver. And this was the first time since TakeOver became a thing that I wasn't invested in any match on the card. NXT uh, drove you off. <laughs> say it again? 
NXT Bridgeport drove you off. <laughs> well, well, honestly, after Bridgeport, is there is there anything else? You know, but That's true. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, obviously a year ago I said that I would be in Toronto. Uh, I wanted to be in Toronto, right? Uh, and I anticipated there being a lot of indie events in Toronto. And then I looked at the matches that they were building to towards for Takeover. And I wasn't really invested in any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, rehash. Uh, the, I don't believe that NXT believes in Mia Yim. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, if that is what it is. Um, you know, I just think that it, we, NXT has kind of booked himself in, into a corner where a lot of people are over for different reasons. And it makes it very hard to, to see who's going to win or who's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And why, you know, personally, I should, like, you know, commit to that. I hear it's a great show. It's TakeOver, and it should be a great show. But as far as, like, doing other things and watching a typically great NXT TakeOver, I went mm-hmm. to the State Fair or the, the County Fair in, in uh, Gaithersburg. Oh, also, I've been to that one. I've been to that one with the, with the Demolition Derby and the Agricultural yeah. Fair and all that. Sure. I've been to that one. That's it's, a good State Fair. That's a good one. Uh, also, is that is that the one that they were saying that was not going to be funded for next year, but end up being funded for next year now, as of like some recent news? Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I heard it was good as well too. I've never been, so interesting. Oh, it's great. It's great. Interesting. Um, that's a fine summertime night out. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> no, there. That sentiment, I I can agree with that sentiment in that I know a lot of people who are kind of underwhelmed by this takeover mm-hmm. compared to a lot of them. I don't really hear. See, I haven't really seen anyone saying that they thought it was bad, but there was definitely people kind of like, oh, this is like a lot of rematches. They're treading water. I'm ready for something new. They weren't into the main event because it was like I said, it was the third time they've done Gargano and Cole. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there was definitely some of that sentiment going around even before the show happened. So th- th- I'm not surprised to hear anyone was underwhelmed or just not feeling it before the show even happened. Yeah. Now, for me yeah. personally, for me personally, the matchup blew me away. My match of that show easily. My girl Io Shirai. We got to talk about <laughs> Shirai raising her stock finally in WWE and kind of putting her stamp out there that, oh, y'all, y'all don't think I'm going to be like just coasting here because I came to the <laughs> States. I'm going to get this WWE paycheck and everything. <laughs> Stardom Io Shirai showed up against Candice yep. LeRae last there, Saturday. Yeah. Yep. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Fair, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to add to that, and, and that shows why sometimes playing the heel character is so much easier and so much funner in wrestler wrestling because funner. you have people that can be, you know, a little bit of themselves and, like, have fun with it because you really can't make no mistakes. I remember a long time ago bringing a football reference. Cordell Uh-oh. Stewart, a former quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, said sometimes he loves to play on the road because when he makes a mistake, they cheer. Um, and it correlates to being a heel because when you're a heel and a wrestler – even if you make a mistake, nobody's going to like boo you out the gym in a way, in a negative way. They can boo you in a positive way because it brings more heat to your character. So it's like it's so much easier to play that hero role. And that's how you saw, you know, how she did on on Saturday. And I think it kind of really just flowed to let her naturally do her wrestling thing and show how good she is to the WWE audience. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The, the infusion of personality 
that it adds to her mm-hmm. is I think it was so key because everyone knew she could wrestle. You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's 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 no question there. We know she's one of the best, but that added swagger, that that added extra, you know, little flavor on top of it. That's what puts her over the top. And however long they're going to do this thing with Candice, that's fine. That's that's a good little entry point for her to get the get the WWE fan base introduced to her and get them into her. But yeah. from here, I mean, the sky's the limit as far as like what they could do with her. So I'm. I'm really excited to see where this goes because the impression I'm getting is now we made it through this summer. NXT can break this holding pattern now and going into the fall. Heck, they're, they're taping tonight as we uh, record this. And I haven't seen much mm-hmm. about it yet, but I think tonight we're going to see a change in direction as far as getting away from the, the hand that they've been playing for a while now. We're going to get some new faces. We're going to get some new programs and it's a chance for a lot of people to step up and never even mind people that weren't on the card. Like of course, Keith Lee, Donovan Dijak, all those types, the breakout tournament finals that just happened last night. So we got a lot of new faces that are starting to get into the mix. So if NXT hasn't been your thing this summer, if you can been kind of waiting, I think what they're going to drop tonight, what they're going to tape for the next couple weeks should probably get things going in a new direction is my feeling. I'm Just a side note: Is Dijak recovered yet? Is he? No. He's yes. completely healthy now. He's, no, oh, he's there tonight. Oh, he is there tonight. Oh, okay. I've seen that much already. He oh. is there. <laughs> okay, awesome. I was gonna say, um, I definitely want to get down to another uh, taken for taken taping for. Uh, <laughs> Are we playing NXT, video games now? For, yeah, no. <laughs> for NXT, I, I, that's definitely a good bang for your buck show all day, every day, and prices, which I at thought some point was going to try to increase a little has still been very very much the same which is cool yeah. um, but I mean we, we can't get off a takeover without talking about the, the elephant in the room here Mr. Uh-oh. Mr. All Day himself now, now previous shows and not just previous shows of recent but of a long time I've been saying and I think WWE has known and especially with the partnership with Evolve that Austin Theory was the star it's a star in the making this guy has it. He has it all. I mean, I've never seen him work face, to be honest. Uh, but he legit has it all. And for 22 years old, with a physique like that, a nice skill set, um, a look, a, a, like he has an attitude to it, he has a presence. Um, coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, which I think is important because I think Atlanta – People from Atlanta, just like Harlow, I think these people take a lot of pride into developing their characters. Since they're in a really big media town and a lot of people who's really really pretty much on the idea of what being a contractor or being a self-business owner is. So I think it's kind of embedded in them, in them to say, like, if I'm ever going to make, make it or do something, I really legit got to work hard. And you see, those are two good examples. But Austin Theory was... It was the inevitable for him to be in that takeover crowd at some point. And sure enough, it happened. And that guy is officially signed as of yesterday, the 14th, to yep. uh, report to the Performance Center. I'm expecting bigger things for this guy. I'm not expecting a regular blueprint of Performance Center, house shows, then, you know, a couple of appearances and maybe a takeover in like a year or something. I legit feel they're going to put a rocket ship to this guy 
and get him going right away. I mean, I feel like they're going to treat him almost like as if he's like a, a world-renowned talent like Kushida and instantly says, like, we're about to use this guy, like, right now. Or Adam Cole of some sort, because the guy legit has it. And considering the, the, the showing from that last Evolve show with a ton of talent working up and down that car, um, I legit think that, you know, this is something that they wanted for a while, but he's been at the... Um, He's been at the Access shows two years in a row. Um, he fought. He faced Keith Lee. Actually, he was the one that dethroned Keith Lee, which ultimately got Keith Lee signed at the first Access show last year at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they've had their eyes on this guy for a long time, and uh, not just because he was officially signed yesterday. I feel like he was always part of a plan for them, and I'm really legit. I'm, I'm happy for the guy, and I think they're gonna legit. It's gonna be it's gonna be a springboard all the way up to the top, fam. In uh, NXT, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more Austin Theory really, really soon. I'm not sure what that what that does with Evolve because Evolve is still using NXT people. I mean, we got uh, Gulak versus uh, Kushida on the next Evolve show, which is going to going to be nuts. Um, so probably we'll still see him in Evolve, but if not, and his prime focus is NXT, that's just another spot in somebody for Evolve to step up. And considering this partnership and what they're doing for them, I mean, this is two opportunities in one right now for people. So I'm very interested to see uh, where the rest of this story goes with Austin Theory. Let me ask you this question, too, James, just going back at you. <laughs> just a little fun question before I go to my comments of what you just said. Would you say Atlanta or Georgia is the best city and state for wrestling? Like, if you think maybe no. Uh, no. Ohio is the home state of football, would you say Atlanta or Georgia Who is the, the hell home state no, no, <laughs> a, a biased person because people will say that. No, it's either Chicago or New York when it comes to wrestling. Easily, okay. yeah. If, I, I mean, if we're, Florida, if we're, if we're talking, if we're talking about legit promotions, yeah, um, we're, we're, it's, it's Chicago or New York easily, and okay. and, and and even Toronto makes an argument now too. Say what? I'm sleeping Los Angeles. I, you know, ever since that building got sh- got sold and, you know, Lucha Underground kind of went somewhere, I, 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 I don't really hear much about L.A. shows nowadays. Well, we don't live out there, but I'm just saying, like, the Joey Ryan still has, like, ball wrestling, championship True. wrestling, Hollywood is still a thing, PWG is still a thing. I mean, yeah. Los Angeles definitely has some notable, um, you know, indie talents, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's... Um, you know, there's a lot of other stuff. Indiana, you know, Crown Point Wrestling and, and stuff uh, out there in, like, near Louisville. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of, and obviously, you know, Baltimore with, you know, Maryland Championship Wrestling outside mm-hmm. of Baltimore. The Ring of Honor Dojo is in Baltimore. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the Philly, uh, South Jersey area has a lot of good wrestling. So, I mean, they're hot pockets. They're hot spots of, yeah. of wrestling, uh, you know, popping up all over the country. And Toronto. Um, yeah, that's what I was know, just about to smash. say. Uh, Smash is, you know, a hell of a wrestling promotion, and C4 Wrestling in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, Montreal gets down uh, with like uh, ICW, you know. So it's it's definitely a lot, um, and I think like and obviously Florida, you know, with the whole NXT thing, yep. and yep. you know, so there's definitely like the, the territories didn't die; they just well, evolved into what evolved is. <laughs> Good segue. But, but there Krabby, you go. I'm, I'm going to get to the point, but in a second, but Krabby, if you could just pick one, what would be your one place if you could just pick one? Oh, New York. New York. Okay. Okay. So it goes back, yeah. you know, what two chains say, but either New York or Chicago. I get it. But the, the reason why I just 
wanted to bring that fun question up. A lot, a lot of talent say, lives in Florida, but Florida really, yeah. you know, I think what is, is, is Shine down there? Arise? I forget. Uh, one, one of them well, shines down Arise is in Chicago, I think. Arise right. is okay, yeah. in Chicago, and I believe Shine is in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, right. So it's just you know a lot of a lot of talent lives in Florida without a doubt. But mm-hmm. as far as like promotions, you know, it's got to be New York for me. Um, and then I will probably put Chicago side. But yeah, it got, it's got to be New York for me. Yeah, and it's not just New York for the indie. So it's all New York for the events because you know they hosted a bunch of WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Japan did come. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ring of Honor has a yearly show. Uh, Manhattan Mayhem uh, in New York. Um, and all the indies like House of Glory, Tier 1, Battle Club, and stuff like that. So that's what makes it a thing. And then, of course, the WWE shows that come throughout the New York, the Tri-State area. Madison you know, Square Garden, all that stuff, yep. Yeah, between the Garden and Barclays, uh, yep. you know, Nassau Coliseum out there in Long yep. Island. The shows in Newark, um, yep. you know, Southern Connecticut, Westchester. You know, they, it's, it's a lot of wrestling in the New York, New Jersey, Southern Connecticut area. Yeah. But just to go back to your point, G. James, I'm rooting for Austin Theory from your original point, and I really hope that what you're saying, they can skyrocket him to be that next mega star. But here's my thing with, when it comes to WWE and this, and WWE has a long history, especially more recent history with this. If they're not homegrown talent where they quote-unquote found them first, to me, they don't push them to the max. Um, you think about AJ Styles. You think about Adam Cole, which are great mega, mega stars in their own right. But because they're not WWE homegrown, they won't get that epic push like a Roman Reigns. Oh, that's what. Uh-huh. Well, that's that's kind of BS because AJ Styles didn't even go to NXT, and everyone else did. Wait, so, like, that's right, the wait. biggest exception of of, of all. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing. But here's the thing I want to say go, about that, though. Go ahead, Will. Because Austin Theory, since he's hit, he has taken off as far as you know his whole run in Evolve took mm-hmm. off since. Gabe Sapolsky has become part of the WWE corporate Florida system. I mean, he's under Mm -hmm. their umbrella. So Mm -hmm. Austin Theory, in my mind, is the first guy that they got their eyes on that they then went and said, like, okay, you're young. We absolutely love what you're doing. We got our eye on you. We want you in our pipeline. And our Mm -hmm. pipeline is Evolve. So we're Mm -hmm. not ready to give you the NXT deal yet, but we want you to stay in our orbit. We don't want you doing mm. stuff with Mac. We don't want you doing stuff with ROH. We want you in our pipeline. And since we our guy has his little company here, we want you with them. And that's where mm-hmm. I think I think he was the first guy that now we're seeing more and more of it where it's like, you're not quite ready for NXT, but we want you in Evolve. And mm-hmm. Evolve is now that feeder system directly into NXT. So I think he is one of their guys in their mind. Okay. It's just and- now he's on their payroll. And let's not forget, he got the ultimate nod from Mr. John Cena himself. <laughs> and, and you know, Will, that's kind of an interesting point that you say that, too, because I didn't even think about it in that perspective. And because you put that twist on it, that even makes when NXT, you know, more than likely will move to that FS1 deal, that this is going to become their new, in a way, their OVW all over again yep. with Evolve. Um, and, and that makes a perfectly good point, and I didn't even see it that way. Um, but even if they do it that way, they have to be consistent to make sure they build this up. Because, like, literally, you could put Austin Theory and Velveteen Dream as the next generation superstars that can propel them to that next level for the generation that our kids will be raised on. 
Um, it, it, so it, it could really go that way. And I'm interested to see if the consistency of WWE will allow this to happen. But if Evolve is like that junior pipeline to NXT, that is huge. That is huge. And like you said, he being the first and then everybody else will flow through that. Yep. That's, that's I think, where we're headed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been saying that for a while. Now we're finally mm-hmm. seeing people making the move from Evolve mm-hmm. to NXT. And then, and then we'll go from there. We'll, we'll see what happens over you know the next couple years with this as things uh, as they evolve. <laughs> to, <laughs> to use that term again. But let's um let let's move on to the, to the next night because there's still a lot of stuff to 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 get to. So let's mm-hmm. let's not. We covered NXT. We're looking to the future. The next mm-hmm. night, of course, we had the biggest event of the summer. We had SummerSlam. So the same type of deal. There was a lot of stuff on this show. There was a lot of crazy stuff. There were some surprises. There was some stuff I think that blew some people's minds. Let's uh two chains. I'm gonna go right back to you to start it up. SummerSlam. What, 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 I, what got your attention at SummerSlam? I gotta say that um, there's, there's a couple of things. One, SummerSlam was actually damn good. And it's really surprising that people are finding reasons to be mad at it. From Goldberg, match was good. I thought it was actually booked and programmed very well. Make both people look good. Definitely hats off to uh, Dolph for, for being a professional. Whatever this contract stuff that's floating around in the, out there, who cares? I'm a great showing for the two of them. The build for it and everything I thought was good. We're talking about The Fiend and Bray Wyatt. His interest was spectacular. Um, the music was dope. The whole, the weight, you know, the whole weight is interesting because he, he they built them up, gave him a little commercials, whatever you want to call it. He was able to be with his newborn. Um, it was, it was cool. They, they, it, it, it was a legit a building process. For the ultimate uh, payoff at the end. Thought it was great. But um, I legit feel that the best thing about um, about SummerSlam. Oh, also, too, I forget to mention. I thought the stuff, some of the stuff they did on the pre-show, which you would never think you would talk about, um, <laughs> was 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 pretty good as well, too. Um, I also thought the whole, the, o, the OC kind of hinting that Finn for a reunion was also really intriguing. So I think they, they worked everything on all angles. Like, for it to be as long as the show as they are, three and a half hours, that felt, it was paced good. I didn't feel dead at the end. Um, and so I, I just I just genuinely thought from a complete slate that the show was good. But my biggest points, and all you internet trolls could bite me, <laughs> Brock fucking Lesnar was amazing. That dude was amazing. I don't want. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear nothing about how bad Brock is because that dude worked a hell of a match. That's why he gets paid the way he do. People love. People legit love to hate him. He gets in the around. He, he he gets the crowd aroused and 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 just no matter what it is, people are reacting to what he does. He got a chant going on which I haven't heard in forever, but. You can love him, you can hate him, you can boom, you can chill. He gets some type of a, a, a reaction from you, and he absolutely earned his check that night because that was one hell of a match up and down for Brock Lesnar uh, comes uh, from SummerSlam. I totally agree with you on that one. Brock had his working shoes on, and the biggest testament I'll give to that main event is this. When they came out, 
Seth Rollins, these past couple weeks, he has been flat. He has been boring. And I think people were honestly starting to get into Brock Lesnar just because they were bored by Seth Rollins. But by the end of that match, they turned it and they got Seth cheered. They had people embracing him. They had his comeback. People were hot for it. By some miracle, him taking down Brock Lesnar again, it worked. I didn't think it was going to work, but it did one way or another. That was a <laughs> heck of a match. That was the best Brock Lesnar match probably since uh, probably since the, the Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles, you know, all, all the, the matches he had a while back were with those guys. But for, for me, that, that spot where he picked him up by the athletic tape and flung yeah. him around the flung <laughs> him around the ring. He did a little brother deal on him. He, he busted <laughs> out with that big brother strength and just flung him around by the athletic tape like it was nothing. <laughs> that, that that was the greatest gif I saw all week. That 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 was hilarious. <laughs> I loved that main event. That main event was that was the best WWE main event in a while. And yeah. a lot of it was really all because of Brock. You know what's really? crazy? I was super tempted to say, well, we know how this is going to go. And I was super tempted to just cutting it off and, and then calling it a night. And I let it ride out. And I was like, damn, I'm glad it did. That was, man, that was some of the, that was some of the best rest I've seen it, uh, Brock do in a, in a while. And I've always thought Brock was, was entertaining. But this was like prime Brock without taking crazy uh, chances in the rain. This is just prime, and, and and also too, I think it's important to say Brock physique is back on par. I'm not sure how to what to accredit to that, but <laughs> he looks UFC ready, which I always think is an interesting thing. And Dana White still can't get uh, Brock Lesnar name out his out his mouth, but Brock looking some of the best shape I've seen him in a while, and I'm very curious. What may be going on very soon, because anytime he gets in good shape, he's ready for a fight. And him losing the, and him losing the title is always an interesting thing. And I would agree with that. Just to add to that, um, Brock was going to be my biggest thing of the night, too. And I'm not going to say too much more, because you guys really took the words out of my mouth. Just when you think about Brock, when he was back as a full-time wrestler back in, like, 02, 03 uh, days, um, he was always a very good storyteller in the ring. He knew how to work. And I don't think it's part, I don't blame much of him on how he was built for the last like five or six years when he came back to return, because I think Vince McMahon wanted him to be built in that type of way. Even take it back to WrestleMania 30, when he beat the undertaker, that was like the shift where you thought Brock Lesnar was going to be Mr. Unbeatable. But when Brock has to come down to it and work a wrestling match, he always does it. Well, truth be told, he always does it safely. And I think that it showed that how much of a performer he really is on this match. And you guys already said it before. So that's why he was my highlight of the weekend when it came mm-hmm. to uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, here, now, here's what I'm curious about. Do we still have the giant crab on the phone? Is Jamal still with us? I'm here. Okay. Did, did you see The Fiend? I'm curious. About. Um, so there wasn't any. The only thing about SummerSlam that I even remotely cared about was AJ Styles versus Ricochet. And, oh, that didn't even talk about and that wasn't enough to get me to not do anything <laughs> else that's going to watch SummerSlam. So did I see The Fiend? The short answer is no. I wasn't really into the Firefly uh, Funhouse fun uh, shenanigans. Uh, so I skipped all of that. I do not like Brock Lesnar. And Seth Rollins is goddamn boring. He's about as interesting as a head of lettuce. So <laughs> not interested in that. Um, Charlotte versus Trish Stratus. 
I'm oh, not Toronto. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I would have cared four years ago, but this is not that time. Goldberg in 2019 is always a no thank you. And <laughs> it's another no thank you. So I'm not. I'm glad that people generally consider SummerSlam to be better than it has been in years, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that everything kind of hit well on on you know on all counts and stuff like that. But like, if if you're selling this to me, the build really hasn't been that great for me. Uh, you know, coming into the pay per view, so I didn't really have a reason to go into the pay per view. So <laughs> after hearing all of the uh, the shouts about the fiend. And about his entrance, and about how uh, the Rollins match is actually better than it should have been. The Goldberg match was better than it should have been, um, and you know Kevin Owens the same McMahon was better than it should have been. Um, it's still, I, I would definitely watch Takeover over any of those things. And even in the pre-show, there the pre-show wasn't that bad either because you know two or five last guys can uh, actually produce some. Very yeah. great work. You know, mm-hmm. like, and only only lurking uh, is another interesting match on paper, mm-hmm. but it's a pre-show match for the cruiserweight championship. Uh, it, there wasn't just enough, you know, meat in the stew for me to even look in the pot. <laughs> can I? Keep, I can hear. I can hear that because the build to SummerSlam I, it was definitely weak. The, this right. year had a very weak build compared to a lot of years going into the show. I would say I was only really kind of invested and very excited about stuff like like Trish and Charlotte that we just mm-hmm. that we just mentioned. I was really excited about that. Um, Goldberg and Ziggler, I was curious about. I wouldn't say I was necessarily excited about it, but I was curious about it. And and I'll say this: you all know how I feel about Dolph Ziggler. That was the best use of him I've seen in ages. It was perfect. It was the perfect use of him, and it was the perfect use of Goldberg, where essentially it was like, we're just going to go out there, you guys are going to do a Monday Nitro match, and it's going to be over <laughs> in two minutes, and Goldberg's <laughs> just going to be WCW Goldberg, and Ziggler's going to be a tackling dummy, and it was fine. It was perfectly fine for what it was. Trish, for 43 years of age, a mother, she if that's her last match, she can go out with her head held high. That yeah. was a mm-hmm. heck of a match. Really fun. Charlotte made her look good. She held her own. I thought that match was really good. That was that. I really enjoyed Trish and Charlotte. And uh, Lord knows, the Fiend is another. Bray Wyatt's another guy. I have never been crazy about for a very very long time. But even I will give that man props. That whole <laughs> introduction of the Fiend, the entrance, the presentation, everything about it is probably the best entrance WWE has done since they first brought up Balor Man, with the yeah. uh yeah with the, with the whole uh with the whole uh demon thing when he yeah. first did it the first time. I'm really curious to see where they go with that and something that I think they did that is really really smart. We have not seen him since SummerSlam. He was not on Raw, he was yeah. not on SmackDown in Agreed. any form. Agreed. Keep the mystery around Bray Wyatt and the fiend and heck, I would even say this one, maybe even go so far that on regular TV for the most part, you get Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt and the fiend maybe just attacks people. And otherwise, other than that, you don't see the fiend wrestle unless it's nope. on paper. I like that. That's old school bill. Keep, yep. keep it special. Yeah. I, I got a special. I got a 
I got a few things to add. You talk about Trish Stratus. I got to say that did felt it felt really much uh, ma Sean Michael ish. If 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 that's being her last match, perfect. I am. That's on a high note. Please don't come back and wrestle because that's such a high a high mark to be left off on. You don't really want to tar that. It's like Jerome Bettis. You know, Jamal, uh, Jamal, Marcel. I'm getting everybody, everything messed up right now. You know, Marcel loves his book football analogy. So let's I talk do. about J- J- uh, Jerome Bettis when he run the Super Bowl um, for Pittsburgh hometown. Retire there, please. Just retire. Le- leave it Leave it on, uh, on a great note like that. No reason to come back another season. Same thing with Peyton Manning. No reason to come back yeah. for another season. Once you win it all. And and it's and and you're at your point. You should do so. There's something else we ain't talk about, but I'll, I'll bring it up in one quick second. Um, I c- can can anybody that's listening to this show, can y'all have a five seconds moment of silence for Jamal and Will for giving props to two people that they legit are bored of, and AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler. I for a second <laughs> felt my heart beat an extra beat because I cannot believe, and it's so crazy when I was watching the match. I was like, God, this is a good match. But I know Jamal's going to hate it because he's sick of AJ Styles. <laughs> and he brought it up and said that was the only thing. He... Look, good wrestling is good wrestling. And if somebody's able to elevate and, and, and really really diversify their skill set, then so be it. And I do think that AJ Styles legit worked a different match against Ricochet. Somebody he's been working for years. So the fact that they were able to do it on one of the biggest stages in WWE... And they were able to really, you know, be comfortable with themselves and get back to some things that we've seen in PWG and other stuff in the past. It, it, it was damn, it was it was really refreshing that they were able to do that, even at their uh, current state in their career. But the big thing that we have not talked about, and I really think that this show probably is going to be dealing with a lot of the fact of the comeback or the new beginnings, whatever it may be. I don't know how big other people may be making this, but the fact that Edge was able to make contact in the ring and mm. performing a spear is a really big thing because we know he has the neck injury. Not saying, hey, I need Edge back in the ring because I was never really no. a big Edge fan, but it's fine. But it's always good to hear when you're talking about neck injuries that a person's able to do something that they love and that either the healing, the medicine, or whatever it may be to get them to the point that they are even able to do anything with contact. Even though it's his trademark move he's been doing for years. Even though Elias is a professional in, in WWE. It is still contact in the ring. And there's still a liability there. And the fact that he was still able to execute it and it, it really it looked at full thrust. Like, it looked like he legit he laid it in it. I think that's a really, really big thing. And what I took from that is that considering that he is at some form or shape cleared, not saying maybe WWE standard clear, but maybe clear for contact, it's a big thing. Considering that Paige is saying that she's going back for another neck surgery and she seems to be in high spirits and she's making social media messages about it. It makes me feel like when it comes down to neck injuries now that, you know, the medicine may be catching up to the point of maybe giving some of these people a second chance. And I think we're here talking about one of the most gruesome injuries of maybe all of wrestling and especially as of recent. The fact that we've seen, I cannot even believe I'm even about to say this, 
But the fact that we're seeing Shibata back in the ring this weekend yes. is incredible. It's incredible. There's no way that guy should be doing anything. Yeah. And he looks like not only is he back with contacts, he looks like he's plugged to go. Like, there's just, there, there's, they, they, they are instantly inserting him. And that is, I, I mean, that's as big as a miracle as it get. But I'm really thinking, like, at this point now, like, there, there must be some really big advancements going on that's getting some of these people second chances that you would have never thought of. So, um, that's that's something really big for SummerSlam. I don't think a lot of people were uh, really talking about, and it was on the pre-show, so you know, there's that. But yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. It's a perfect transition to go into the subject of returns, because Lord knows, after SummerSlam, the week became all about returns. You just mentioned Shibata Monday morning with that was probably the biggest shocker. Well, it might be it might be right up there with the other return. There was some debate this week, which was the bigger return, and they're both big in their own way, in my mind. Um, Shibata coming back from straight up what pretty much now we know is near death, that he nearly mm. almost died when he faced Okada from that darn headbutt, and that he literally had bleeding on the brain and managed to survive. We don't know if he's back completely, for real, but what they did at, in the G1 finals with that six man tag and he got in there against Kenta and laid out the bullet club and did a bunch of spots threw some drop kicks looked like he didn't miss a step <laughs> at all. I, I, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, please, please let this be a possibility that even, even if it's just one more match, even if it's just one time only him against Kenta Maybe at the Tokyo Dome, since they're doing two nights at the Tokyo Dome in January. Even if it's a one-time thing, and you manage to do it. I, it would be amazing. I hope it happens, but heck, he put it this way. He did more than Edge did. Edge yeah. did one mm. He did more mm-hmm. than Edge did. And, I mean, bleeding on the brain? That, in a lot of ways, I'm like, I mean, if he was near death, and Edge got a messed up neck. I mean, they're both severe injuries, but one sounds more severe to me than the other of the two. By a mile. By a yeah. mile. So, we, as it's amazing, too. Okay, we don't go know. Ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead, Will. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up and then y'all can get in here. Yeah, like, just, I'm crossing my fingers. If nothing more happens, and that was like, our, that was like our last little taste, it was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. the emotions behind that that moment were, were, were awesome. But... I'm hoping there's there's some hope here. There's a glimmer of hope that we can yeah. get one last run for Shibata because oh my god that that guy's some that guy's on another level. Mm-hmm. It'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Get in here. Get in here. It just just to add to it, it, it's just an emotional thing because you guys just said it. It's like it's two huge injuries that are almost life threatening. When you could talk about one wrong turn to the neck and somebody could be paralyzed, or if you have bleeding in the brain and somebody can die, that's what makes the emotional pill of those returns. Uh, so much more powerful. Um, but at the same time, it, it to me as a fan, like even when I saw Edge do that spear, it was like, oh my gosh, don't do anything wrong. Don't do anything wrong. Even when Daniel Bryan or Paige, when we saw them try to return like their early times, like anytime they fail, like do they have numbs, numbness going on? Do they have tingling? It's so scary. Um, but these guys, you know, they live their lives the way they want to. They have to perform the way they want to. So it's like as an emotional, it's just so heartening to see you don't want anything to go bad, but it's so joyous to see 
you know, for them to come back and be strong and be capable to do those moments. It just makes it even more packed. So I agree with you guys said this, the returns makes it so such an emotional pull um, about what these guys go through on a day-to-day basis of how they train. It's just amazing. Um, Cause if it was me and if I know my neck is hurting and I made all my money and I made in the hall, hall of fame, you will not catch me <laughs> on anywhere near WWE or wrestling programming. I love you, but I'll be sitting in that front row seat and I'm not going to get anywhere near that ring. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, there was one more return the following night on Raw, and Lord knows we we've been wondering if this one was going to happen. We were wondering if it was a uh, all been a work or or what, and we still don't really know what happened. But Monday night, about ten o'clock, just when Raw Raw was doing pretty good, it was all right. There was nothing really crazy on it, but then. The bottom fell out because <laughs> I was not expecting. Can I, just I was t- not expecting Natalia to come out. Can I just tell you, I just don't like Natalia. I just don't like Natalia. Just, well, just Natalia's put that out born. there. She's I know, just, n- just, just, yeah. All right, but keep going. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Born. No, yeah, she's like AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If AJ Styles had a cat, he'd be Natalia. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a that's a heck of an analogy there and i think that's pretty spot on yeah. <laughs> um i was not ready for it I, I, I it caught me off guard when the music hit but first time since wrestlemania she is back the boss is back sasha banks is back with a new look a new attitude that i have not seen since nxt and mm-hmm. she got becky in the crosshairs and if somehow you've been living under a rock and you haven't you haven't heard about this or seen it yet since it happened Monday, I know it blew up pretty good. It got some mainstream publicity. It got in some a uh, lot of uh, entertainment coverage and stuff. I mean, Sasha did has, it? Dang. Yeah, apparently it did. Apparently it did. I know that. I heard. I heard it got some coverage, like in some places like E and you know, places like that. So I don't know Sasha for whatever reason. Maybe it's just because the rumors surrounding where she's been or what's up. It got some publicity. So, but she's back. She's going against Becky. She's got that new blue hair. And uh, it's the Sasha that I love from NXT. So, I'm excited. I'm very okay. excited. First of all, people, be nice to Kira Hogan. Like, the Sasha Marks out there, like, people can have the same color hair. It's, it's okay. And, and <laughs> I, just, I just think all that was just completely whatever. Jamal, I know you want to go over and say something. You mean they're not the same person? <laughs> You can have that one. You can have that. But the answer, the answer by far is no. Heck no. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, we have, we have just learned something. Uh, <laughs> as, as far as uh, Sasha Banks returning, uh, sure, it was a surprise. Uh, her return as a heel, um, definitely a welcome surprise. Um, but as WWE, and I still believe that they're in a holding pattern until after Labor Day, before they start sprinkling the seeds, definitely <laughs> for October. Um it's I'm I'm if they're in a holding pattern, so am I. I haven't really been given a reason to watch, um, so we'll just wait and see. And if they come up with something interesting, I hear about it. And if they don't, I hear there's a little T-shirt company that started a uh, wrestling promotion that's going to uh, have a show coming up uh, at the end of the month. So, uh, yeah, that that's one of the things that's been really interesting about the last two, three, four weeks is that there's just so much wrestling on TV now 
where if WWE doesn't have what you need, then somebody else does. MOW does, or Impact does, or uh, Ring of Honor. Well, sorry. But still, it's the idea that there's so much uh, wrestling on. And not to be, not to be, to be fair, like Ring of Honor still has like some great uh, wrestling if you can find it. Um, but yeah, but with Sasha Banks coming back, it's just a. I don't really care. Um, her coming back as a heel, I still don't care because it doesn't seem like that WWE is ready to build women stars. Um, there's are there how many women on the on the main roster, and they only really talk about four of them, and now five of <laughs> Sasha Banks. I don't mean, they forget who invented women's wrestling to defend their belts. I miss Stephanie, by the way. Well, she invented Maybe women's wrestling. Yeah, yeah, just bring her back. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. I'm definitely with, definitely with you on this. Like uh, Sasha coming back, who cares? Um, her and all her crying while she was gone. Who cares? I'm not saying who cares. I'm I'm just saying that I, I'm not saying who cares. I'm just saying that I don't care yet. Yeah. Uh, because mm. I'm really given a reason to care because now it's about show and prove. Um, mm-hmm. Sasha Banks, honestly, before she left, didn't really, you know, she wasn't putting out the best matches. She was kind of a shell of her NXT self, which is not uncommon uh, for NXT call-ups to the main roster. But I was kind of losing, you know, favor in what she was putting out. Yeah. Same thing with Sister Bliss. Same thing with Becky Lynch. Same thing with Bailey. And now we just have, what do we have? The bottom line is, is that I'm waiting for Shayna Baszler to come out there and molly up all of them. But <laughs> have, and that's unfortunate because in six months, after Shayna Baszler comes out on Monday, in six months, and this will be just after the Royal Rumble, I guess, we'd be like, well, sure. I guess she's going to be in the uh, you know May Young Classic, or she's going to be in the you know uh, fabulous Moolah Battle Royal, or whatever for WrestleMania. Because she's to be invested in women's storylines. Like none of the women are getting major storylines that aren't based on friendship or uh, <laughs> you know, or something like that, or you know somebody said something like Natalia came out on Monday and said like, well. A year ago, I lost my father. And they booed her. They did. They did. They did on that. And she's in Canada. Well, I mean, well, she, but she's not from Toronto. She's from Calgary. So no one cares. Oh, I mean, yeah. that would be like saying, like, hey, let's bring out a real American in, you know, Chicago. And they bring out Hulk Hogan, who's from Tampa. <laughs> yeah. No one cares. Uh, to, to that point, though, whenever I say that she was in Canada, I always like to with the whole perception that Canadians are nice. I know she's not from Toronto, but either way, they booed her out the gym on <laughs> a very sensitive thing that she said. I was like, jeez. I mean, for a second, you would have thought they were in Chicago at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, really, like, honestly, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not being dead serious right now. WWE is going to have to pull out something that's amazing. And for me, when I watch wrestling matches, I'm not watching for the story. I don't really care who the characters are. I'm watching for the actual wrestling, the ring work, mm-hmm. uh, bell to bell. Mm-hmm. But uh, WWE doesn't give you that. They give you a lot of spectacle in some wrestling. Well, so I re- That's why I don't watch it. Well, but Until they give me something that where you go, like, oh, no, that match is great, and you need to watch it. 
I can't get invested to WWE until they come out with you know whatever the shenanigans is in October, which will be the SmackDown uh, reunion show for Fox. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I, I, just, just uh, my last marks on Sasha because I think there's a good segue here on this. Is that she's back? We'll see what happens. She's a heel. Everybody wanted her to be a heel. Maybe she wanted to be a heel. Who cares? All social media <laughs> stuff. Her hair is blue now, and she's a bad person. And she wants Becky Lynch because you chased the title. Hopefully, she puts Natalia on the show because Natalia's arm was in the sling. Then it wasn't in the sling. Then it wasn't hurt. And hopefully, the storyline is that Natalia's off uh, TV. And that would also be the best thing Sasha could have done in her return. Uh, but talking about wrestling now, mm-hmm. I, I know I might be out here really pulling ties because there's no oh. way I'm going to get Jamal to say anything positive about this. You're ready, no. But you talking about a legit wrestling match that Monday. Oh, I'm sorry. That week, as in Tuesday night on SmackDown, mm-hmm. that Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy match. Oh, was... throw your whole fucking phone in the trash. <laughs> Just throw your whole computer set up in the trash. I'll see you next week. I'm about to send Montgomery County to your door because clearly you're drunk on the internet. You already said something nice about AJ. This was hoping for too much. <laughs> little, little Jamal, like it or not. Buddy Murphy, welcome to the main roster, buddy. Well, he's on the main roster since WrestleMania. I am saying, well, one, he hasn't had a match on the main roster then, but. The win is that everyone knows that name, that dude's name. Like he said, he put on a hell of a match there. He put on a hell of a match. He's put on some great matches. Huh? What is this? this is October, uh, you know, November. If we know, if we give a damn about Buddy Murphy comes Royal Rumble, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I don't like those odds either. But There's Pig with Alexa Bliss. I, I don't like those odds either, but... That that match on Tuesday was 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 up was Bang. very good. Bang. It, it, it. To be fair, I haven't seen it because why the in the blue hell would I watch a Roman Reigns match on purpose? <laughs> well, well, I I I, you I, love I, him. I definitely challenge you to to take a look at it. Um, it was a really it was a really good match, but that's all that's all I'm gonna say about that. I don't okay. know if there's anything else to say about Raw, um, <laughs> I, but I, I would trust your judgment. That there is a Roman Reigns match that doesn't absolutely suck an unclipped dick, so that's fine. I, I will, I will take your advice. <laughs> and a Roman Reigns match on purpose is a first time for everything. All right, and and also too, I will say that this is a good Roman Reigns match that wasn't on pay per view with all the pay per view, all his pay per view Super Roman shenanigans. It was just a flat out good match. It was not overhyped with the. You know, a billion finishers yep. and all that and so forth. Just a really, really, really good match. And, you know, the thing I, I'm really starting to get irritated about with uh, paying attention to wrestling groups online is the people saying this person deserve it. This person deserve it by whatever metrics and standards of the past where there's really no metrics or standards of the past. Like people's like, you know, people like Sasha deserves a title shot because she's been a, whatever. I don't even care. When I think about the fact that people really banking on themselves, using social media for um, to try to book matches for themselves, and the fact that Buddy Murphy called out Roman, they instantly give him the storyline, they instantly give him the match. 
that's one of those like you deserved it type of thing because you legit put in the work to try to get that to get that to happen, and he capitalized on every single second of being in that match. And I think that was like he got his money's worth. The fans got his money worth. It was a legit match. Like I was so thoroughly surprised, and it wasn't just the fact that you know I didn't think he could wrestle. It's the fact that he took the moment to spotlight with one of WWE's biggest stars, and he didn't choke at all. He he did his thing, and I it was it was a great match. But it, yeah, that's I, that's legit. All I gotta say about that, cause I know we're probably coming up on time at some point. But I like I the way you phrased that. You're actually that. selling a Roman Reigns match by selling Buddy Murphy. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But two quick things that I want to add to that too. And I think Raw's doing the same thing as SmackDown because you got They're all the same way, guys. That's it. Yeah. So, so Cedric Alexander, give him props the way he did against Drew McIntyre for like two weeks now. Buddy Murphy, if he got that chance, he'll do the same thing. But let me pause it there and just retrospect back to why WWE was great. When you think about the time when you had the WW, WCW versus WWF at the time with the Monday Night Wars, WWF did something different that WCW wasn't doing. They allowed their smaller wrestlers, cruiserweights, to get big-time chances and be successful. Think of Eddie Guerrero. Think of Chris Jericho. Think of um, Rey Mysterio. Once they left that quote-unquote cruiserweight reign when it was in WCW and got a chance to do something against these bigger-time guys, even the name that we can't mention on here when he became champion. Who okay. can't? Who can't? Yeah, the Canadian crippler slash uh, murderer. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah, that they all they all did their things as quote unquote little people against big timers with big time titles on the line where they were successful. And I think the more if you give these guys who may be more little in size or weight against some of these bigger guys, they can hold their own and they could be champions. So that's why, in a way, when we love the cruiserweight classic, cruiserweight classic when it came out, it was great because they got a chance for a lot of these guys to get exposed. But put these guys against the bigger guys and they'll hold their own. And they sh- they're showing that now with Buddy Murphy and with Cedric Alexander of what they're doing in their current programs. Absolutely. Right. Let, let, let me ask you this as a counterpoint to what you just said. Not that I disagree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's just that what does the Cruiserweight Classic do for anyone currently? That's a good point. That's a good point. It, it, yeah, it really I'm, hasn't grown a lot. Right. But, but, a ch- but the chance that these two, even Mustafa Ali, give him credit because, you know, he was about to get the Kofi push before he got hurt. When you give these guys a chance to do something like that, they really can show that the versatility of their wrestling styles can be compatible against, you know, somebody like a Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre size, even somebody like a Brock Lesnar. Like the Daniel Bryan Same match, dude. the Finn Balor we match wasn't that. terrible. But that, that's the most disappointing thing about WWE for me is that we know who we have on paper. And yep. unfortunately, WWE presents their wrestling in their way and their style, which may not be... In the best fit. I mean, to use totally a football agree. analogy, uh, it's not just getting into the league. It's playing for the right team that's going to utilize your skill set. So when I yep. see mm-hmm. an AJ Styles, who we can all agree that at one point was great, um, mm-hmm. that is, I, for me, not the case right now. But maybe, maybe that's just because in this capacity, he's not being the best AJ Styles. I don't think he is, mm-hmm. and people would make it different. And, but that's mm-hmm. with everyone. And there, there's a reason why they got there. The problem that I, another right. problem that I have with WWE isn't the fact that they're just misusing guys, is that they're just buying the indies to play keep away from other Agreed. companies. To make business. Agreed. So that's another thing that's like low key problematic towards the business. 
So you have a guy like Lou Harper, who can we can all agree is you know a pretty talented guy um, right. you know, on the indies you know, when he had his moments in, in WWE, and now he's just on the shelf for you know for no reason because of a contract you know dispute. Well, yeah. we if you can't work here, you can't work anywhere. So Vince yep. McMahon is like I Turner with this, you know, and that's just what it's that's just the way he does business, and that's it is what it is. It's not fine, right. that's what it is, but that's kind of the the problem. And that's why, like, when you look at, like, the biggest, most unexpected things, uh, James Ellsworth nearly beating AJ Styles. Yep. That was one of those things that was like, oh, that was a moment. That was an, an indelible moment in, mm-hmm. in, in time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ziggler beating Alberto Del Rio. You'll never get yep. a pop like that on wedding night. So <laughs> it's, it, it is one of those things where you do see someone. Ray, Ray, Ray Jr. winning the uh, WWE Championship. Yeah, uh, Ben Juan at Guerrero at WrestleMania 20, I believe. Um, you know, obviously Vince has his type. That's yeah. why they have, you know, Roman Reigns is the next Hulk Hogan, uh, who is the next John Cena, who is, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, but that's that's the type that he has. And he's always, you know, to the day he dies, he, that's going to be his guy. That's why John Heidenreich got a push. But so mm-hmm. it's not that people don't do the work. Um, and we all think that they can. There isn't anybody in the ring that's not like actual shit wrestler, except mm. even who's gone. I think the the problem is is that uh, people just try to make the best of what their WWE career is. Um, and as we've seen, it may not be the best opportunity. Um, and sometimes you'll have to go for to what that better opportunity is. We've seen John right. Moxley do. We thought the Shasha Banks was going to do it, and maybe she is. We don't know what her contract situation is. She could, you know, fill out her run for the next eight months and then keep it moving. But it's, you know, it's just like it's it's frustrating to watch a yeah. person that's talented like a Ricochet and then go, but they won't let him be Ricochet. Right. They won't let right. him be here. They definitely let him be Ricochet. That's just that's just. I hope that was just like a hypothetical. Uh, um, hypothetical um, example because uh, you know they're not they're not giving Ricochet twenty minutes in a um, you know in, in a super hot. We're not going to see a uh, you know, Ricochet versus Will Osprey type match in WWE. I mean, you will eventually, but while he's working every night and you know house shows, well, guy, working every night that doesn't make it good though. Yeah, I'm just saying you're not going to get twenty minute matches of him out of him every night. You, you, but his move set is by far has not decreased at all he's doing all the stuff he used to do and also I, I, this might be for debate maybe mustafa ali but there's not a ricochet-ish counterpart or that main roster waiting for him it used like to be but they Osmer. got rid of him because they didn't know how to use him who if you want to think about neville uh yeah i guess that's yeah but they were never <laughs> on the, they were never they were never signed together but like yeah there, there was no right. counterpart for him to put on an Osprey type of mask. Maybe Mustafa Ali, which I, I, I think probably could. Um, could. Put Cedric Hill, because he's always good as a maybe even Maybe even Buddy as a base for right. him. Yeah, I agree. Saw that's, this week. That's true. The, the way, Buddy's yeah, such the way a unique could. figure. Uh, yeah. but, okay, I, think, I think we can generally agree on this. WWE may have currently the best roster, top to bottom, between NXT and all of their other tertiary brands, Ever in, in yeah, you like that word, didn't you? I, I, I uh, did. It's a school word. Welcome back to right. school. 
Yeah. But in all of their other side hustles, they may have the they are the best wrestling company, most stacked roster on paper in the world. Period. Agreed. And why do we constantly debate that uh, people aren't being used to their even seventy percent potential? You know, pick a name, and we always talk about how. Damn, I remember this thing in NXT. And now it's not that thing anymore. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. These people got here because of the work they've been doing all the years, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, and you get your wrestling by however your means of you getting wrestling. YouTube, going to indie shows, rumors, gifts, gifs, whatever you want to call it. Vine, I don't I don't care. Twitter, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. Twitch. But at this point now, Considering the schedule that these guys have to endure, they can't give you. They have to for longevity. You have to decline or not decrease your 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 potential for the big moments. I mean, if you're gonna come to DC and you're gonna give me a show and what's what's that in Upper Marlboro? Um, Showplace Arena. Showplace Arena. I better get Showplace Arena quality wrestling. <laughs> Don't don't sleep on that arena. I mean, you make good wrestling you, you may get one good match, but I know I'm getting Showplace Arena, Eagle Bank Arena, the arena that I'm never going to go to, and Royal Farms Arena. I know I'm going to get that much type of wrestling, considering where it's going to be at. So, you know, it would be it would be crazy for some people to go out there and say, "Well, got Monday night." Oh wait, I got whatever the little stipulation thing they call. Oh, I got to go to SmackDown Tuesday. Then I got a house show Wednesday, and I'm about to give a hundred on all three. Absolutely not. There's not a portable uh, ice bath. No, 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 no. See, nobody's talking about the work rate. I think what my my point is in general is about the workers themselves. They're not being put in the position to be themselves by and large. There are obviously exceptions to that rule. And you could argue that Ricochet is that guy. You could argue that Kevin Owens is that guy. And I'm not, obviously not talking about WWE homegrown talent like a Rollins uh, or Roman Reigns and stuff like that. But when you see a match like, uh, you know, uh, the hell is his like, name? Antonio Bloody Cesaro Murphy. versus Alistair, Antonio Cesaro versus um, Alistair Black. And you go, <laughs> oh, this is going to be good on paper. And it was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely was. But then what? Like, Cesaro hasn't been relevant in a while. I know that Seamus is hurt, and he's probably done. But still, mm-hmm. the, that's it, it's just disappointing. It's disheartening to see that that kind of is what it is, considering how much talent they have, where they just have six-man tags with the same, you know, six people. Yeah, you know, it's it's always the mystique of what you may get in a match. I, I get that, and I feel like, you know, when you look on paper, it's always a roll of the dice of what great level you're going to get. Out of them, and you know, again, considering that the workload these guys got, that I feel like sometimes they're really bad because they know that for, live to fight another day. Also, yeah, right. the biggest thing which I was going to say earlier, which I just remember now about watching the pre-show, which is so annoying, is that you know how much time you actually know when to start speculating when this match is going to end. <laughs> so when it comes to Monday Night Raw, considering the hour marks there, there's also that speculation of like. Well, you're probably not going to get much out of this match because they promoted like five other matches after this. And you know they're going to have to bring this person out to do some speech or whatever. This is probably going to be a C-grade level match at, the, at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. But at the same time, I firmly believe that everybody that's on this roster has the potential to always elevate to that A-level 
when the time is needed. So I, I you know, it's and I guess that's part of watching it week to week. Like I watch for the storylines, but I ultimately I, I look for the diamond in the rough. When you do get that really good Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy match that you didn't see yep. coming out of nowhere, and then boom. It's there and now. Jamal has to watch it when this is over. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's really all all we can ask for. Really, this week is like Murphy and Reigns had that rare match where there was no loser in that match. Mm-hmm. Reigns may have won the match, but Buddy got the most exposure he's ever got in his career. Yep. He looked great. He came out of that match looking like a star. They both were elevated by that match. Hell, even Roman Reigns was elevated in the respect that people don't, don't like him or like, oh, damn, he did good in that match. He and he made he gave Buddy Murphy a lot of spotlight and all this. So they both gained from that match. It's not too often you see that, but when it happens, it's really damn cool. Now, how they follow it up, I don't know. I hope they do right by Buddy Murphy because that, that's a once in a lifetime performance. That we saw. Well, they did. They did right by Roman too, and gave him that contract extension, though. So eh, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, did they? Yep. Okay. That's no surprise. We knew that. Was it's coming. not. It's not. Yeah. That 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 is what it is. They got to have him locked up for that Fox Sports deal. Get him on yep. there talking football or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think all that's left that I wanted to touch on. Since we're since we're heading into AEW season, since we're all of about maybe a month and a half out now or so from the yep. October premiere that we will be in the building for after the nightmare of trying to get tickets. Nightmare yep. on, on Ticketmaster Street. We'll find out about Nightmare on Ticketmaster Street Part 2 tomorrow because dates 2 and 3 are going on sale tomorrow in Boston and Philadelphia. So they're starting out mm. in the Northeast. In yep. smaller buildings for those next two shows. They haven't said anything past the third show yet, but that's the plan. They're starting in the Northeast. They got Philly, they got Boston, and of course they got DC. I thought it was really interesting that they held off on announcing Philly till way after they sold out DC. Because you I mean, know got Philly people coming down here. You I mean, if, if no one's going to pat them on the back, I will. Jamal called that from a long shot. He said, people in Philly, stay in your area. Because it's coming your way. He knew it. And that's exactly where it's at. And just like I said, too, no point of announcing other shows. Get this one sold out. And sure enough, right to Philly they went. And Boston Nets. So it is what it is. Uh, Good luck, people in those areas. Because those bots or those, uh, what they call them? The people that resale on you. They got a specific name. I forget. You're right. You're right. Good luck because they are, they're vulturing hard. These guys are vulturing hard. And to any advice, stay, give a close eye to your Ticketmaster regularly because tickets will pop up. Because, like I know um, from the past and other things, if you improperly order too many tickets, Ticketmaster will refund you and will put them back in circulation. So trying all that, trying to get a whole bunch of tickets or whatever, it will catch up to you if those emails and that address comes up under two different accounts. So uh, you better, you better, you better watch out. So uh, yeah, it was a nightmare for us. We figured it out. Um, tickets just popped up on like a regular Monday around like I don't know four and <laughs> something. Yeah, something it was the, it was regular. the middle of the afternoon. Yep, just regular, you know, just popping up out there, and you know, and oh, go. okay. So so it did pop up for you. 
Um, I actually went down to the uh, Verizon Center, uh, whatever the hell it's called now, and I actually, I actually bought my tickets at the box office. Nice. Um, because I went on Ticketmaster, uh, you know, in the early in the morning, and it said the tickets were available. So <laughs> on my lunch break, walked down to the building, said, "What do you got?" And I am, you know, got some pretty decent seats in the club level. Uh, that I'm pretty uh, happy about, and the service charge was how much, guys? I don't even care to talk about that, to be honest. No, uh, but I do. That's like close, close to probably like what twenty bucks or something. Yeah, two dollars. Well, right, you're at the box office. You're cutting out Ticketmaster. You're yes, paying sir. the box fee. That's exactly. right. Uh, if only see, I, I was Lakeside, Montana, trying to get a signal on my phone. Yeah, I was. Dude just gave me the alert, trying yeah. to get it to work, get the ones that we ended up getting. I was literally going through customs, and they were getting so pissed about me being on my phone. I was like, let me put this away. <laughs> it was a small miracle I got that thing to work on the sh- the shady internet out there. Yeah. But it went through. I think we're in the club level also. I think we're, we ended up with good seats. We're right above the darn hard camera. Yeah. So it's. It's gonna be a nice spot, and they they ran all the you know seventy five bucks, and then the fees on top of that. But, yeah, I think I got one hundred nine, but that I had to do the awesome. retail route. Are you going too? Yeah, I'm be there. I'm like in one hundred nine. Me and my boy are going. Okay. okay. Yeah, so we're, we'll all be in the building for the yep. premiere to see what the heck happens. For for honestly, as I've been telling people, that really is the most important show of the year as far as like business goes. Yes, it's it's really all on the line for them. With that show, it, it's bigger than any I, other. I respectfully disagree because I think the yeah. biggest show of the year is going to be All Out because that's going to be your go home show for the T for TV. That's I true. think because you might as, have a point as All Out ends, that's where you begin to sprinkle the seeds on the YouTube, uh, you know, series and uh, Twitter and all of those things. And if you come out of All Out stumbling. Or not interested enough in the next thing, but the next thing is TV. That that's it. This is the fourth game of the preseason, so I think it's kind of like they have to kill it and all and out because mm-hmm. this is the show on pay per view worldwide. You know that's going to give you this is your last taste before it gets real. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, at the at the last game of preseason, you kind of go, "Well, this is what our team is going to look like." Now, after seeing that, we can actually assess the season based on what the starting roster is going to look like. And, uh, you know, Cody uh, put out the two um, Nightmare Family videos, The Road to All Out, one yesterday, one earlier today, um, which is kind of cool that it's two a week. Uh, Being the Elite is a thing, and they've definitely announced some signees and some matches and stuff like that. Um, You know, some matches have been announced for other things, but, you know, do your homework online if you want to see what it's up. The bottom line is, is that if All Out doesn't kill it, because this is the sophomore show after All In, it's gotta, it's gotta really, 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 uh, you know, knock it out of the park, so that we are excited for TV. Very true. Very I, true. My, my, I, my thing. You're right about that. My thing was just like, then once they get to TV, they have to hit a damn grand slam home run on that first show. It's like any mm-hmm. cards they have up their sleeve, they have to play on on that show to get people who are tuning in for the first time interested. That's that's just my thinking. But we we got time until that happens. We're, we're a good month and a half away, and 
I'm surprised we got through everything this darn quick, honestly. <laughs> the amount of stuff that's happened in the last couple of days. I got everything down I wanted to talk about. Is there, is there anything else, gentlemen? I think we we hit all the big points as far as I can tell. I'm good to go. Nope. See you guys next week. We'll be we'll be back for sure. <laughs> all right, now. Two, two chains, silly sellus. The Giant Crab Jamal, we're all here. The Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, dropping shows every week. We back in effect and checking on BigGoldBelt.com, of course, and on at BGB Group on the Twitter machine. Of course, you got the Facebook group. All the links included in the podcast description, as always. And we'll be back in another week to keep talking about the crazy wrestling action. Go watch that Roman Reigns and Buddy Murphy match, Jamal. You got to watch it. <laughs> See you next week, folks.